Welcome to the Top M&A Entrepreneurs. Today, my guest is Michael Byers, who I've been trying to get on the show for over a year. That's because Michael has acquired over 50 companies in 22 years. He's rolled some in, he's sold some, and now he's got 22 companies under management. Michael Byers, welcome to the show. I'm just honored to be here, John. I'm sorry it's taken so long, but uh, I appreciate the invitation to, to join you. Uh, patience comes with those who wait, right? So uh, welcome, Michael. And so let's, I mean, you started 22 years ago when you were 21. So you're only 43 years old or something. That's pretty young. Yes, yeah. So how did this start? Tell me about like the very first company. What did that look like? And why did you decide to buy a company versus going what every other 22 year old does is go to work for somebody. Right. So when I guess when I was younger, I, you know, I grew up in a small little town. I went off to college, but while I was in college, I ended up starting a tech company. It was doing okay when I got out of college. You know, I, I didn't stay at college that long. I stayed there maybe a, a year and a half. And you know, I quit quit college to concentrate on that tech company. I got out of the tech company. I was looking to do, you know, something else. Yeah, I still had the company, but I, I kind of got bored doing the stuff I was doing. And, you know, I was looking at, you know, startups are tough, man. You know, they're extremely tough. I, I started the I tech company. And I anybody. Just, yeah. Yeah. I mean, it, it was it was brutal. And for me, after doing that, the tech startup, I was like, man, it's got to be a better way. So I went looking for something that was already cash flowing with, you know, staff in place because you know as a 19 year old kid you can imagine how hard it was to hire anybody nobody nobody believed in you you know staff was already in place systems operations processes were already in place you know i came in i bought that company and i was able to man we went from doing about two hundred thousand dollars a year gross about 50 grand a year net to in two years, we were doing over a million dollars a year gross and right at 400,000 a year net. And in about another year and a half, we were over 3 million gross and over a million net. And I had that company for about 10 years before I sold it. But, you know, for me, it was all about compressing that time. I went and paid someone else for what they had already done just to save myself that time, you know, growing the tech company. Like I said, it was a startup, man, and it was uh it was slow going to start with. It took me I mean, you know, really probably a year and a half, right at two years maybe before I made a hundred thousand a year. And yeah. that's that's a lot of grinding, a lot of sleepless nights, a lot of, you know, sixteen, eighteen hour days, a lot of eight day work weeks, you know what I mean? Yeah. So yeah. you know, for me to be able to go buy something else that was already existing that had all the stuff that I had to build to get to where I was at and start out, you know, day one, I was making over 200 grand a year, which is what I worked two years to get to, to try to make half of that. You know, I thought I'd hit a home run and I, yeah. wasn't, I wasn't going back. Right. Yeah. yeah. So, so, so you love that. What kind of company was it that you bought? It was a restaurant, but it, restaurant. it also had, yep. It also had a lot of different, I guess you could say caveats to it. There there was a restaurant and the guy that I bought it from, you know, he, he stayed 
not stayed on as an employee, but kind of just hung around and he would help me. And he, he did a lot of other things, taught me a ton of stuff, man. I mean, it, without him, I don't know that I'd, that I'd be where I'm at today in, in business world. Well, so, restaurants characteristically have high failure rates, uh, really high failure rates, like in the 90%. They do. Uh, they do. He had it for what, 30 years uh, before I bought it. So it oh, was, so um, it was a good, good location, good food, good prices. Yep. yep. Yeah. Not, not a restaurant turnaround. Do, do you? No, uh, no, no, not a turnaround, and not something that's you know in that restaurant business. Normally, in a location, you're there for you know six to eight, maybe ten years, and then you either got to close it or sell it because you know that restaurant business. It's everyone wants to go eat at the new place, right? After you get to be the old place things tend to slow down, but and the population moves too, right? Correct. Yeah, for yeah. sure. You know, if it's a place, the young kids like to hang out, you know, the young kids don't stay young for long. You yeah. know, if it's a place, the old, old folks like to hang out, you know, they don't stay old for long either, <laughs> you know? Yeah. So, you know, it's just, you know, with, with the restaurant business, you're right. It's, it's normally a, a churn, but you know, this one was steady. It had a good customer base, wide variety of customers, you know, age group, demographic. So for me, it was a safe bet at that time. I would never do another restaurant again because, you know, it was it was hard work, just like the tech company was to get started. But it was hard work all the time. It's a 16 hour a day job, you know, six, seven days a week. It's just brutal. You know, you can yeah. do a lot of other things and make the same or more money with you know, a tenth of the time invested. Yeah. But at that time, I mean, look at you, you're 23, 24, 25. You're not doing what 23, 24, 25, nor other 20 are doing, you know, they're out there probably still in a, just graduated college and still looking for the first job or doing a lot of partying or whatever. You're running your own business, throwing off a couple hundred thousand dollars in net. Yeah. Yes, sir. Yeah. Yep. And why would you say you would never do a restaurant again? Is it just because of all those things like the transition of customers, the hours put in? But I mean, some people like Fertita, he, he has a, you know, billion dollar empire with restaurants. Right. Yeah. yeah, he does. You know, but, you know, he's for me, the, the little one off location, it's tough. If you're going to run it at the scale that that he's running it at, you know, you've got a lot more infrastructure below you and a lot more staff to help you out. I didn't yeah. have that. And I didn't want to, I didn't really want to grow it that much because that was. Could, could that have been growing. I mean, it's probably man. just like, yeah, it's, it's not really a growing thing unless you buy another restaurant. Correct. Yep. Yeah. How, how did you buy that? I mean, did you, did you know the owner? It was an on market, off market sale. What, how did you. Finance. I knew the owner and just like, you know, we all talk about at the end of the day, he was, he was aging up. He was getting older and man, he was just burnt out. You work 15 hours a day, seven days a week for 30 years. You know, you just, you're burnt out. You're done. And he was looking for someone to come in and take it over and someone to buy him out. And, you know, that's, that's what I did. It was kind of, for lack of better terms, changing of the guard. If yeah. you want to call it right. Did you, know, you he was seller financing or a loan or what was it? Uh, nope. All seller financing. hundred percent. All deal. seller financing. 
yep. and it, it allowed him to step back and correct. And then you be in charge of all the cash flow and correct. employees hiring, firing. I got to tell you, my, I have a buddy that was in, in restaurants. He was general manager, of a couple of restaurants. He just hated it. He's like, yeah. kids would come in a little note on the corner or they'd give it to a friend at the note and go, Hey man, I got a concert tonight. Can't make it. Right. <laughs> like, yeah. and not that show up. A- and, yeah. That was it. And there's nothing you can do about it really because I mean, it's tough to find people to work. Yeah. Yeah. You know, so about the 10 year mark, you decide I'm getting out of this business, but it didn't, uh, you know, diminish your, you know, you know, your goals of keep going and grow something bigger. What, what did you decide to focus on? And did you put spend some energy and goes, okay, I'm not getting in the restaurant again. What am I going to get into? Well, John, I wasn't that smart at that time. So I sold that restaurant and got a, bought another restaurant. Oh, but you crazy. I, bought, <laughs> I am crazy. But the one I bought was failing. They were losing yeah. about four grand a week. And I bought it and I sold it within 13 months. And within that 13 months, I had turned it around from losing 4000 a week to we made a little over a million dollars in that 13 months. Yeah. And then sold and it. I sold it off. And, you know, just by taking those same systems, operation, and processes that I'd had from the first restaurant, dumped it in the second one. Um, but when I sold it off, I, I, I vowed to never do a restaurant again. So there, now you vowed yeah, to never. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I got, I got a little smarter. I was some dumb, but I wasn't plum dumb. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, is- but you know, at the um, when I sold that off, I, I started getting into real estate. You know, I was looking for some place to kind of put some money. Looking for you know what I could do that I enjoyed. And I started buying single family homes. Yeah. Then I started doing fixing flips. So I was doing anywhere between 125 and 175 fixing flips a year. But every fourth one that I did, I was putting it in the rental portfolio. I was making enough revenue on the first three where the fourth one was paid for. Yeah. And, you know, I did that for probably eight or nine years. But as I was doing that, I seen the opportunity in those type of businesses to, to go buy. I went and bought a property management company. I went and bought a plumbing company. I went and bought an HVAC company. I went and bought a forestry mulching company. I went and bought a general contracting company. I went and bought a rehab company. I mean, I'm super vertically integrated in that real estate space still. I've got, I still got all support each other, right? And somehow. Yes, sir. Yeah. Yep. And I can always service my properties or my customers or my renters before I have to go, you know, take on outside public jobs. Right. Right. So I'm always giving my tenants or my renters much better service than they get anywhere else because they're waiting on the next guy you call. If they have a service problem, I don't have to do that. Yeah. You know, well, let me ask you about those HVAC companies and plumbing companies. How, how did you buy that? Was it out of cash flow from the business to get a loan? What, what, how did you find so I don't any loans on anything I got businesses no or, loans I mean, at all? Yeah. Or I've got a, I've got 185 single family homes that I rent out in 10 commercial buildings. All those are paid for too, just from taking the cash flow on the past stuff, rolling it right over, you know? Yeah. So, Everything like like the plumbing company, the heat and air company, it's all, you know, a lot of some of it was consulting for equity. Some of it was, you know, seller finance, a small portion of it. Some of it I wrote a check for. 
Yeah. What size of HVAC companies were you looking for? Were you looking for somebody that's, you know, kind of smaller or bigger guys in the market or? I was looking for something just, with, you know, a couple million bucks with, you know, I think we had five crews when I bought it. Five crews, meaning five guys with separate trucks. Uh, normally we're, we run two man crews, but yeah. Two man crews. Okay. Trucks, yeah. yeah. And when you make these, you find these HVAC companies, were they already doing business with the properties that you owned, calling them up or how was yeah, that so, found? Yeah. So the, the, like the companies like that, that I like to buy are if they're doing, if I'm currently doing business with them, I'm going to buy the most dependable ones because I know they've got the best like structure, company structure, infrastructure internally. You know, those guys, I knew that, you know, when I called, Everybody else I called, they might be two weeks out, three weeks out from me. When I called this group here, they would try to get to me within three or four days and they kind of work me in. But I knew that, you know, what they all were work, how they worked. You know, I knew their work ethic. I knew that, you know, they weren't going to just halfway do a job. No yeah. matter which crew I got to come out, they always did the job right. They always were punctual. They, you know, I didn't have to call my tenant and say, hey. Bob of Bob's plumbing is going to be there at 10 a.m. And it's 2 p.m. And my tenant's still sitting there waiting on Bob to get there. Right. That's, yeah. It's not good business. And I just, I wouldn't want someone to do me that way. So I wouldn't want to do my customer that way. Right. So for me, it's all about, you know, good infrastructure and, you know, a, a good business. You know, every time when I, you know, when the job was done a day or two later, I would get an email with an invoice, you know, we pay invoices every Friday. I would pay those guys, you know, it's just more infrastructure stuff. You know, are they yeah. taking three months to send you a bill or do you get one immediately? You know, it's not that you know, I, I didn't ever ask for terms, but you know, it's, I wanted to look and see that is their admin staff doing what they're supposed to do? Are there people in the field doing what they're supposed to do? Are they providing me with a quality product and are they punctual? You know, that's all the things I'm looking at when I'm looking to buy something like that. Yeah. And did you, when you looked at these guys and they say, hey, these areas are cool. And I'll give you my experience. We we had two different plumbing companies out here. And it's funny. One plumbing company, uh, you know, didn't run the camera through the pipes and just made a guess of where right. it's possibly stuck. And the other guy ran a camera and just showed me where their problems were and the previous company left a couple of tops off of the exhaust where the bathrooms are. And the other company pointed out and he goes, Oh, it was there when we got here. Okay, great. We knew which one to go with. And you, right. and, you know, the conversation you have with them, how did you approach them and say, Hey, I'd like to buy you. If you're ever interested in selling, how did that conversation go? And how, how did you value it and say, we think it's just worth this much. And, well, you know, for me, when, you know, I, I was honest with them, I came to them and said, you know, hey, you know, I'm looking at buying an HVAC company. I, I do a ton of business with you guys. I would like for it to be you. If it's not going to be you, you know, that's okay. But just know that I'm going to buy someone. I'm definitely not going to start anything else. But I'm going to buy someone and, you know, the year I went to talk to him about buying them, I spent 
thousand dollars in just uh, that HVAC sector of the property management company. And so I said, you know, hey, I'm, I'm going to buy someone. I'd like for it to be you. I've done a lot of business with you. But just realize that, you know, if if you don't want to sell all or part of your company, I'm going to take my $980,000. I'm going wherever else that, that I do buy. Ooh, that's a little leverage. <laughs> it, it, it is, you know, especially for a company that was doing about a million and a half dollars a year. Yeah. So I was two thirds of their revenue. Yeah. So, so, you know, it's not, not that I was trying to strong arm them, but it, you know, that, that was the reality. I was going to buy something, you know, and they, they couldn't stop that. I, I enjoyed doing business with them. I would love to buy them, but if I couldn't, you know, you're going to have to find some new customers there, bud. Yeah. Yeah. But, and, you know, and since then- I bought them, we went from, you know, we went, we went from, uh, they went from doing about a million and a half to a little over $3 million in a few years. Yeah. So did you buy how much, what percentage did you buy them? A hundred percent or 51 no, or I bought, I bought a uh, 30%. 30%. But, okay. But I've got managerial control. Yeah. So meaning what? I steer the boat. You Meaning, steer the boat. Any decision, yeah. I make the decisions. Right. Spending like writing checks or over five thousand or installing a piece their, of software. Their job, is, yeah. their job is to do heat and air work. Yeah. Well, how much of a time do you spend like, oh I I'm gonna, I gotta go buying a CRM system, a great HVAC, you know, a project based system and quotes and everything. Did you did you have to do that yourself or did you have the guy do it that's still 66% off? No, so I've got, you know, I told you I started the tech company when I was 19. I still yeah. got it. So I kind of put some of the, my quarterback for, for that company to helping me find some good software. You know, we tried yeah. three or four things. You know, these guys were still writing paper tickets. Yeah. yeah so yeah, yeah. we found some good software to where we could track the employees, where we could send texts and emails to the customers, where the customers could pay immediately online after the service was completed. And, um, you know, it, it just, it worked out very well. You know? Yeah. It's all phone now, man. They pay immediately right at the phone. Yeah, it is. You know, and where I, were we at I, when I, we were young, John, when, uh, when you had the, the phone hanging on the wall with the little curly cord. <laughs> That's so true. Ours was about uh, 15 feet long after my brother and I and sister and I walked around the house. Yeah, yeah, yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Uh, So these kind of all, there's a lot of synergy. The HVAC, how much were you spending with the plumbing companies that you kind of made the same offer and electrical companies? Um, I don't don't have an electrical company. I got a plumbing company, but I spent right around the same amount. Yeah. And you still yep. own those, those yep. guys. Yep. Yeah. 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 So I, I still got the, the rental homes and the property management company. So I'll, I'll keep those as long as I have rental properties and the property management company, just because I feel like that for my tenants, I can give them a better, I can give them better service than anyone in the area can because all that's handled in house. Yeah. And is all of this handled by a general manager now? I mean, how much time do you, have your fingers in this. Maybe a two hours a month. Two hours a month. 
It's kind of, you kind of like the mailbox money. It's running well, and they only come to you if there's a big problem. Yep. If there's a problem, they'll come to me. You know, I, yeah. I talk to those guys multiple times a week, but it might be five or ten minutes here and there. Hey, how's things going? What do you need from me? What can I do to help you? you yeah. Know, do you need any? Tell me what you need. If you need more employees, talk to the HR lady. If you need something, you know, you need whatever. I've got a person for that, right? Yeah. So, and how do you find these people to run these kind of separate companies? Uh, obviously, the guy with the uh, HVAC company is running himself, and he's taking help you to take it to three million. Uh, like, what, what do you say? Like, what's the future? I like, keep doing what you're doing. You could take extra pay from it. You know, your 401k, and there's upward mobility. What? What does that look like? Is like kind of trying to find out how you treat your, you know, your people. And I, I want them to make as much as I can, as they can make. You know, when I buy a piece of it, I don't want them to take a pay cut. I want them to make more. You know, let's come in and implement some strategies that I've seen work in other companies. You know, instead of you making, you know, two fifty this year, you know, let me come in, let me buy a piece, and let's try to get you to 350 or 400 the year after, you know? Yeah. For me, it's, you know, I only buy stuff that's cash flowing, but I only buy stuff that I know I can add value to, you know, I want to be able to come in, purchase the company and I want to make up for the lost, you know, 30, 50, whatever percent, if I'm going to buy a percentage of it. Right. I want to make so it normally I it's like if $200,000 coming off now, 30% of that revenue is your, your yep. money, right? $60,000. Right. Now, now they yep. go, Hey, I got to help this guy grow it to where he's not only going to, uh, you know, make his money back, but also more. Correct. You know, that's, yeah. that's always my goal. I won't buy anything that I can't add value to that. I, that I am not a hundred percent sure that I can't grow, you yeah. know? So for me, that's important. Yeah. So what, what do you do? You put, you help that just bought company, put systems in place. And then you say, how do we grow organically or acquire other companies or what? Uh, all of the above, you know, I want to, I want to start running ads. Most of these smaller companies, they're not running any ads, you know, their business is referral word of mouth. That's it. No yeah. ads. You know, I, I want to start running ads. I want to go talk to some of the bigger guys. I want to, I just want to grow. I want to like the, the other companies, you know, we had to put the software in place where they were still writing paper tickets. Yeah. That gave us essentially, it gave us about another one and a half jobs per day that we could get done just in the time they saved and the extra cash that was generated because, you know, paper tickets, they get lost, you know, you know, plumbers or HVAC guys, they, they just toss them in the truck and they bring them back in the office once a week. And, you know, stuff, you know how it goes, man, stuff goes missing, right? Yeah, it's not, yeah. you know, per se their fault, but it is their fault, but it's not their fault if you ask them. Right. So with moving everything over digitally, the back office gets, you know, all the stuff immediately, the, you know, the follow-up for the invoices, it's all automated. You don't have to worry about, well, did you call Bobby over there at the convenience store? Cause he ain't paid us in three months, but he's probably forgot about it. That, you know? That's yeah. taken care of. That should be paid immediately. Yeah. 
Yep. Yeah. So if they're on terms, I got it set up where they get a reminder at, you know, they're on, let's say 30 day terms. They get a reminder at 20 days, 25 days and 30 days. They also get a text at 25 and 30 days. You know, the accounts receivable went from about a half million dollars when I first came over. Now we're less than $30,000. So all that money is now money as well. Yeah. You know, they, they already write that, wrote that off. You know, I got all of it down to about 30 grand. I mean, that's it's 30 grand per month kind of average or is it rolling yeah. average? Correct. Yes, yeah, sir. Rolling average. Yeah. Yes, sir. So yeah, that's 470 grand and found money that they had wrote off thought they would never get anyway. Right. That's huge. You know, that's, that's huge. That's, that's like, all that uh, goes to the bottom line. Yeah. And what do you guys teach about unit level economics saying, well, here's two guys per truck to get to a million bucks. We just need to do this much advertising to get another million bucks. Correct. You know, it's y'all, it's all about, especially with that advertising, it's all about cost per lead. You know, if I know I can spend, and I just looked at some of these numbers the other day. So let me use the example of a, the forestry mulching company. So for me with that company, I can spend 1500 bucks a week and I can get about anywhere between 35 dollars and $40,000 a week worth of work. 1500 $1, bucks a week, you get thirty to 40000 35 to 40000 a week in jobs. Yeah. Um, and my average job is $8,000, and about half of that is profit. So if you go look, if you got $40,000 a week, if you do if you do $40,000 a week worth of work, you got $20,000 a week in profit. And at that point, you pay $1,500 to get $20,000. Now, granted, it took me probably fifteen dollars to $20,000 to get that advertising dialed in. My client, you know, who my client avatar was dialed in perfectly. But it's it's like a sewing machine now. And, you know, for yeah. other companies in the area, you know, sometimes they get short on work. You know, I'll contract some stuff out. You know, hey, give me 20% of the profit. I'll run ads and you can take my overflow. You know, I, yeah. I can move my ad budget up to, you know, maybe it's 2000 a week or 2500 a week. I can spend an extra 500 to $1,000 a week. And, you know, I can make an extra couple thousand dollars. And, and you take some kind of commission on that overflow? I do take a commission. Some, yeah. 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 Yep. Um, so, but, and it's all about, once you get that audience dialed in, it's 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 all dependent on your amount of ad spend. I know if I spend, you know, fifteen hundred a week, I can get forty thousand dollars a week worth of jobs. If I spend, let's say, I spend three thousand dollars a week, you know, I'm going to get somewhere between eighty and a hundred grand a week worth of jobs. It just depends on how much how much bandwidth I want to take on, or how much bandwidth I want to, for lack of better terms, lay off to another person. Yeah. When you talk about ad spend, what are you talking about? Like uh, radio commercials locally, paper ads or uh, circulars? So, what do you, yeah. For me, most of the stuff where I'm spending money on ads is either like Google ads or Facebook ads. Okay. You know, for locally for Facebook. Yeah. Yeah. For home services stuff, Facebook's a monster. You know, people is don't really? think that, dude, it's insane. People don't think that, that, you know, Nobody goes on Facebook to look for 
somebody cut grass they get on on google no dude no you know like the forestry mulching company my only source of advertising was word of mouth and facebook ads yeah like the, during, the forestry mulching business what is that when did you buy that 2019 when uh corona came along right, I bought right before it. it yeah yep i bought it um my my dad was actually needing some work done around his house and I was doing some development in the real estate company and I had a guy that I had hired and I, I worked, let him work for me for probably a month and a half. You know, I was just contracting the jobs out to him. I didn't have any equipment at that point, but he worked and done some stuff for me in a development project and done a few jobs for my dad worked about a month and a half. I had about a week lag in between there. I, from moving him from that project to the next project. And um, I called him back and said, hey, we're ready to get started on a project. Oh, I'm about two months out. You're just going to have to, you'll just have to wait. I'm like, man, I can't wait. You know, so I went and found someone else that was smaller, but had the same type of equipment, bought them out. Then I went and bought some more stuff to add to that. Yeah. And and we're talking about taking trees and trimming trees and taking the roots and digging them up or whatever it is, just turning wood into mulch kind of stuff. Yeah. Yeah. This, this, these particular machines I have, have a drum with teeth on it and you actually just run the tree over and it it turns it into mulch. You can take a tree. I got one machine that you can take a tree, the size of your waist, cut it, push it over and turn it into mulch. Like you put in the flower bed in about four minutes. Yeah, it is insane. But and what do you do with that mulch? You just leave it on the ground. Oh, okay. You know, you know I got to tell you, there's out. a company locally here that does takes that mulch and then they create mm-hmm. compacted little logs for burning. Oh, that's cool. That's a cool. Concept. Yeah, and it's like like there's an Ace Hardware here, pretty close here, and uh, I've tried. You know, it's they're, they're good starter logs. I got a fireplace, and you usually right. use mesquite, and mesquite burns right. a long time, but. Uh, Sometimes you buy these logs and the paper, ba- the papers things, and you burn them. But uh, there was one on; it was local, and I go, "I'm going to try this out," you know. And it was a bigger log, and it actually burned longer, and it smelled better, and everything because it was right. mesquite from Arizona. Right. Like, uh, I love it. Right. And that's what they do with all the mulch, and they're selling those for I don't know, fourteen dollars a log. Yeah. Wow. That's that's strong. I just gave you a business idea to take. <laughs> Man, you know, with the with the mulching company, it's uh, you know, we we can turn it. It's 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 easy to get customers. You know, during yeah. Corona, there during Corona for probably maybe a year and a half, maybe two years, we were doing uh, man, we were doing a little over a hundred grand a month just wow. in yeah. mulching. You know, people were sitting at home, they were looking out the back window. You know, the wife was complaining to the husband, the husband complaining to the wife. You know, we've been meaning to take those trees down for two years. You know, everybody was working from home at that point. You know, for us, you know, we had to change our marketing and our marketing demographic. You know, we went from marketing to men and women in a certain age group to only marketing to women. Because as we went to the job sites during Corona, normally the man and woman were both home working from home. The woman was the one doing all the, not complaining, but complaining, right? Yeah. You know, she was she was steering the boat. 
You know, I've been asking my husband to take those trees down for two years and they're still up there. You know, we're going to get that knocked out if you can come do this job today. We went from concentrating on men and women in a certain age group to only women. And we doubled our business in about the first, I don't know, 20 to 30 days. Man. And it was, was that a, like a, a filter on Facebook? Just select yes, women? Yeah. Yes, sir. Yeah. Yep. Same age group, but we did only women, not men. And man, it, it it's yeah. like a rocket do you, ship. Do you have an inside ad agency or an outside ad agency? Some of both. We, uh, I was running the ads internally for the forestry motion company. Yeah. So, you know, just yeah, because, and- you know, all those guys reported back to my office every day and I could get a ton of feedback from them. It's just easier to to be able to convey internally than than externally. Yeah, and do you still own that forest mulching company? Yes, yeah. sir. Yeah, yes, do sir. you still own the uh, HVAC company and the plumbing company that to support all of your uh, properties? Yes, sir. Yeah, that's just throwing out cash flow. So, what what other things came along that you go, okay? Uh, let me uh, before we go on that that forest mulching. One guy was two months out. Uh, he's too busy to take your project. You you find a smaller guy with the same equipment, and you made him the same kind of offer. Say, hey, I'll buy X percentage of your company because I need I you. The whole thing. Oh, you bought the whole thing? Yep. Just how'd you finance it? Just out of cash flow? Just like 100%? Write a check? Yep. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. Yep. Just wrote a check for it because at that Is he point, still working with you, for you? No, he's not. He, he worked for a little bit and you know, he wanted to get out because he didn't like the industry. You know, it's, it's cold in the winter and it's hot in the summer. And you know, he wanted to go back to working inside in a, a plan or so. Yeah. That's just, day, you it, know, it works out good for everyone. Yeah. All right. So what, what, what came next? What kind of company did you look at next to, to acquire? Man, I've got, I've got a wide variety of weird stuff. You know, All right. I've let's, got, uh, let's go down a list. Some weird stuff. Let's talk some, some weird. Um, got a, a partner and I have a coffee chain, a coffee chain. Wisconsin. I don't even drink coffee, John. You don't drink coffee, any <laughs> kind of caffeine kind of related products. <laughs> uh, you know, I'm from the South. I like sweet tea, but, oh, uh, you like sweet tea. Yeah, I do. Other than that. No, I don't, I don't really drink sodas. No, no coffee. I don't like the flavor of well, so- coffee. Coffee chain, it's in Wisconsin. You don't drink coffee. How did this opportunity come along and why did it attract you? Well, you know, it's my partner in that business enjoyed coffee. Yeah. Um, She wanted to, she always wanted to buy a coffee shop, you know, and, you know, at the end of the day, it, it was a good, good opportunity, good cash flowing business, you know. We bought three coffee shops, three brick and mortar coffee shops, um, and a roastery and a wholesale division. And, you know, it's been great. The guy that, that we bought it from, he still works there with us. You can't find a better guy. Super, super, super good guy. You know, he just, you know, his wife wanted to kind of hang out and retire. He wasn't ready to retire. So it's the best of both worlds. They got to sell. Yeah. He still works with us, you know. I mean, he's a great guy. We learned a ton from him, you know, just by, you know, the stuff that he's built. I mean, they had it for 20 years, the husband and wife. Yeah. 
So, and, yeah. and what were they doing? They were were they actively selling it or no? I guess uh, let me no, restart they, that. No, they they weren't selling it. She, uh, you know, I met her through one of the events that I put on, and she says, you know, I, I was asking, you know, same question we always ask the students, you know, what do you want to do? You know, that's that's normally the the the, the million dollar question because a lot of them aren't sure. They just want to get into entrepreneurship. Well, she knew she wanted to be, she wanted to own a coffee shop. I'm like, all right, well, which coffee shop would you like to own? You want, you want more than one? She's like, yeah, I've got a favorite one that's right down the road from my house. They got a few stores. I'm like, okay, well, do they want to sell? She's like, no, it's not for sale. I'm like, everything's for sale. So, you know, she, I told her, I said, go get greeting cards, write up something in the greeting card, you know, Hey, my name's Chelsea. You know, I, I love your coffee. I, I, you know, if you've ever thought about selling, here's my number. Give me a call. I said, as simple drop, as that. It's as simple as that. I said, go drop those off at every one of their stores that they have, and the and the bean roastery. I said, you know, if, if they'll know you're serious, and if they're if they are, have ever thought about it, they'll reach out to you. Well, it was about a week went by, and she uh. She said, I hadn't heard anything. They, they, I, I, I don't, you know, I don't want to make them mad or anything. I'm like, just give them a minute. Just, you know, who knows? Come to find out they were on vacation. So they got yeah. back and um, they gave her a call. And, you know, they said, you know, we'll, we've we seen three different cards at three of our locations. We know <laughs> and on, that, and on know, LinkedIn and on a Facebook and everywhere else. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I have we, the, we I know I, you're I, serious. Yeah. So, but um, at the end of the day, they, um, you know, they wanted to sell the mobile units that they had. They had some like uh, units where they service like fairs and festivals. Yeah, yeah. We weren't interested in those. We were only interested in, in the drive-throughs and the brick and mortars and, you know, the roastery and the wholesale. So, you know, we, it was one of those things, well, we, we haven't thought about it, but we'll, we'll get back to you. It's about a month goes by reach back out hey, she doesn't she doesn't re-reach out to check with them she just lets it nope. sit out let's, there okay let's great you know about a month went by we reached back out and i said well you know we have been thinking about it hey let's let's go to dinner and see how that works you know let's let's figure it out and see if see if there's some synergy here where you know everyone can win you know because i don't i don't like buying stuff where you know at the end of the day where they have to lose in order for me to win, or I have to lose in order for them to win. It's got to be a win-win situation. If not, I just, I'm not interested, man. Yeah. So, you know, that negotiation took probably seven or eight months. Ooh, But, wow. you know, we yeah. finally ended up coming up with something that would work for everybody. Everybody was happy. We got the deal done. And it's it's been great ever since. Yeah. You know? let, let me ask you about the, the relationship between you and Chelsea, I'm sure it's an anonymous name. It's Chelsea. Like, what did you agree to, to be partners at 50, 50 or what, what did it look like? You're bringing the money. She's going to be bringing the management. Well, what did that look like? Yep. 50, 50, 50, 50. Okay. Mm-hmm. Was there a specific responsibilities? Hey, I will handle you know, like day-to-day operations and you will handle what? Like your chairman of the board, board of advisors, what? Yeah, I mean, really, it was 
the company that the husband and wife that sold it to us, the company that they had built, man, it was a, uh, it was 98% on autopilot, John. Was it? Now, there's yeah. not much to handle. You know, she handles, she handles, you know, a lot of the stuff that, you know, personnel issues or stuff like that or getting stuff scheduled or any of that. But, you know, the guy that we bought it from, he still handles most of the day-to-day stuff. I mean, like I told you, man, the, the relationship there is great. He's a great guy. You know, he's really helped us out, you know? Yeah. It's it's one of those one of those dream jobs or dream dream acquisitions where, you know, you say, hey, I want to buy a company that's up and running that has good infrastructure in place that's just coast alone. I mean, this is it, you know? Yeah. But I think that you know, the work that they did to start with – to get it to where it was at. And the fact that, you know, we work good with him. He works great with us, you know, and it's, it's a win-win situation for everybody. It's yeah, like I said, nobody had to lose for the other person to win. And that makes right. it where it's fun every time that every time you see each other, you know what I mean? Yeah. Well, what kind of, what were they looking for? I mean, some, a lot of people go, you know, that's ranges from, Hey, I want to, I think it's valued at this. I want this up front. Write me a check. And as soon as we do, great. Or some people are just, you know, I'll work it fine. I'll work it out in some kind of installment seller financing plan over five years or something. We, uh, I, I can tell you, I got an NDA, so I can't talk about it, but I can give you, I mean, it was, it was favorable, favorable for both parties is yeah. all I can say, you know, but I mean, it was, it was a good deal for everybody. You know, the terms and everything worked great for everyone. So, I mean, you know, it was, it was, it was a good deal. Everybody was happy. Yeah. And their financial integrity, they delivered some financial uh, report cards to you and they look clean. Did you go through due diligence with them or did you, are you, are you, uh, you know, got the skills today to just go, Hey, these are clean books. I like them. Let's move forward. Yeah. Yeah. We went through due diligence of, you know, I don't know, probably 60 to 90 days going through and just looking at, looking at everything, looking at the past track records, you know, it, it took their accountant a little longer to get, get us the stuff, which is what stretched it out a little bit longer. But I mean, you know, at the end of the day, they, they had good numbers. They, you know, they kept good books. Everything was solid. So, I mean, it, you know, like I said, at the end of the day, after, after kind of coming through it, we knew it was a good deal. Yeah. 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 And you so. made a fair valuation or high valuation on a coffee. I don't know what coffee shops sell for. It's kind of in the restaurant category. Is it, it what was, are they? It was definitely a fair evaluation, fair to high, you know, it's on fair the high, high side of fair, I guess. Is a- <laughs> <laughs> but into your terms, right? Because he was going to stick around a little bit more installment i know you're under nda so yeah yeah it's uh it worked out good for everyone they were happy we were happy yeah well that's cool uh you like wisconsin in the winter i don't like wisconsin period man it is too (laughs) cold in wisconsin it's it's a good place in the summer i don't know if you've ever been in the summer but uh, you know there's a lot of cool stuff to do and it gets it doesn't get arizona hot but it gets you know 85 to 90 and it's it's not bad, but in the winter, man, it is a, it's a good yeah. place. Yeah. I used to live in uh, Indiana. So oh, same concept. Yeah. 
Yeah. Yes. So what was the other next uh, weird, uh, let's say another type of business that came in your lap? Um, I bought a mailbox company. Um, what do you mean a mailbox company? What's that? I mean, I know what a mailbox is, but what it's a mailbox company. Like a mailbox store, like you've seen like the UPS store. Oh, yeah, mailbox have, and et cetera, right? Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Before UPS concept, but, used to buy them. Yeah. Right. Same concept, except uh, just a privately owned, not franchise type thing. Yeah. And was this lead come through one of your coaching programs where you, hey, partner with me, or did you do it by yourself? So I've got one of the students is actually out there running it. It's in Las Vegas. Las Vegas. So, yeah. Yeah. Las Vegas. How, how's so, that business doing? Is it a good business or is it, you know, hey, a guy business, walks in and buys 60 cent stamps and walks out? You know, like. No, it's it's a good business. We've got uh, about 750 physical boxes and about 4,000 virtual boxes. So, so that's all reoccurring revenue, right? I know yes, that I was actually looking for the virtual boxes. Those are like 19 to something dollars a month. Yep. And then you got your physical boxes. So it's all re reoccurring revenue. Right. And, you know, bought that and seen the, there was a real potential because there was not a lot of the software aspects for mail stores. You got to have about five or six different softwares and they're just pieced together to yeah. run the store. I took and built out some software to, I mean, we took, when I first started, it's about six steps to get one transaction done. Now I got it drilled down to one step. Also, when we first bought it, we had two people and their sole purpose in life was to sort mail every day and put it in the right box. And like if, if, if it's a virtual box or if it's a local box, we scan the mail in the front, the front, um, like a front visionary piece of the mail. We'll run it through a scanner and send it out in the email to the, to every one of the customers. We had two people. That's all they did all day, every day. With the software we developed, we took that that process and turned it into about a takes maybe an hour, hour and a half for one person to do now. Yeah. So we built out software with optical character recognition where it can go through and read the addresses and the names on the box. It automatically sends out the emails and we do it with a, with about a 93% accuracy. So we took, we didn't do that to, to be able to lay off people or fire people. We did that to be able to buy some of their time back because at that point we couldn't scale when we first you bought it. You can't scale doing that. No, 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 no. So now with where all of that stuff is automated, I mean, it's sky's the limit. Right. You know, because well, those what do you people, mean sky's the limit on, uh, let me give you an example. I did an interview with uh, Brian beers over it. He bought some Midas's and I go, well, <laughs> John, you, I, I can't scale. I got two bays. We're only open 40, 50 hours a week, and I can only get so many cars in. I can't, you know, that's it. I'm going to do right. a million, million and a half, depending on what, you know, state I'm in based upon the pricing. Well, right. What does scale mean? Like, you know, for me, especially with like the virtual box, you know, product that we offer. A virtual box is, you know, I, I give you an address. They ship everything to that address and it goes in, a, you know, for lack of better terms, a cardboard box in the back room. I can have as many virtual boxes as I need. It's not yeah. a physical That's box. That's unlimited. Go there. Yeah. Correct. Do you have yeah. some contract with somebody that does that? Because I, 
I was looking for a virtual box and then, then they go, Hey, here's a location and here's a location and there's a location. Yep. So I've got some of it's internal and we've got contracts with five or six other, you know, white label people out there that we're, you that know, are advertising the we fulfill yeah. the service. Very cool. Yep. So yeah. it's a, it's a cool concept, man. And it's one of those weirdo things that you don't ever think about unless you, you, you use the service or you have to think about it, right? Yeah, well, there's a, there was a reason why UPS and FedEx bought all those locations. There For was sure. important it's great transactions cash flow. going on. Yeah, it's cash flow. Yeah, Great recurring revenue. You know, it's, And you, you got to think, it's a $20 a month mailbox. You know, It's kind of like your Netflix bill. It's, it's one of those things that, hey, I need to cancel that mailbox because I don't do anything out there anymore. I will do it next month. It's 20 bucks. You kind of, kind next of forget about comes, that money. Next yeah. month comes. Next month comes. You know. Yeah. And is your part own half owner, fifty fifty owner? Was it this one too? Uh, I own a third of it. I uh, own a third of it, right? Mm-hmm. And so own a third of cash flow. Do, do you any any of these businesses? Is this all throwing off? Like I own a percentage of the cash flow, or is it let it roll over? Sometimes maybe we'll keep it or sell it. Or what's your strategy on that? It just, it's all dependent on the business, you know, you know, I I still have the real estate stuff and the, and the tech support company, they'll, they'll fund whatever it is that I decide I want to go do, you know, there's other businesses. I'm just really, I'm just buying it for cash flow or buying it because, you know, I know I can add value to it. You know, some of them I'm buying to build and resale, like the mailbox company will resale it. but you know, I was able to add so much value by the software build out. It was, you know, Jeez, are you selling crazy. the software now to other locations? Like I'm not currently, that doesn't yeah. mean that I won't in the future, but I'm not currently. Yeah. Well, see, that's the insight. I mean, if you weren't in a tech company and didn't realize like, Hey man, this is all man hour stuff. This needs to be, and it's frequently used, frequently asked questions, whatever it is. It's a process that needs to be automated with software. Right. Yeah. yeah, I mean, you know, that's, there's so many options, especially in today's world with automation or, you know, I've the tech company that I've got, we've also started building out a lot of like um, question and answer bots, for lack of better terms, to where we can feed the bot for like, like here's a great example for like um, construction companies. We built out a, I don't want to call it a bot, but it's a bot we built out a program to where for their employees, if they have a question about the state building code or the local County codes, we can load all that information into a chat bot. They can ask that bot, Hey, you know what, what's the setback off the road in X, Y, Z County for us to start, you know, us to start doing uh, ditching or, you know, underground lines and it'll spit it right out. You know, there is no, these guys are buying back hours and hours a week of employees time. And especially like high level employees where some of the guys in the field would have to call and ask questions that aren't necessarily dumb questions. They just don't have enough experience to know. Right. So we're putting all the documents that they need, all the SOPs, all anything into a program and they pull it right up on their cell phone. They ask it a question it spits out the the information that we have already put in. 
So we are training it and telling it what to what to say, what not to say, what to do, what not to do. Man, it's it's yeah. monstrous. So is this a is this the same tech company that you had, or is this a new yeah, company? It's the same uh, one, yeah, same tech company you started when you were twenty twenty one. Nineteen. Yep. Yeah, nineteen. Jesus. Yep. Now, are, are you reselling this to other? Either reselling it or building building the stuff for the companies. It just depends on if they want to, you know, what they want to do with what their end goal is, and it depends on you know what the what the sensitivity of the information is. How are you getting word out to say, hey, we've got this solution for you? How how do you do that? Uh, Honestly, I I haven't had a had to even worry about that. I'm probably booked out six months in advance for you know, just projects that we got going on, you know? Yeah. All right. I'll talk to you that one later. So tell me about mailboxes. What's it, what's an interesting one out. Tell me one that didn't work out where it just, everything kind of looked ugly, whatever it was. Yeah. I bought a concrete company, maybe, uh, maybe 10 or 12 years ago, you know, right back to trying to, uh, vertically integrate with the, uh, with the real estate stuff. But right. didn't do didn't do much due diligence on it. Not not near enough as I should have. I mean, it was a a quick turn. The guy needed some money. You know, I've been looking at concrete companies. Uh, some guys I knew brought him to me and said, "Hey, this guy, he needs to sell. You know, he'll continue to stay on." I thought it would be a good deal. I didn't do enough due diligence on the company numbers. Look fine, but he himself was an absolute train wreck. Yeah, you know? so. I didn't do enough due diligence on him as a person. And, you know, it just came back to bite me. Yeah. You know? What what kind of salacious type of behavior did he not I mean, just, pass muster? Not not doing the jobs, stealing, going doing jobs on the side and, and putting the materials on my credit card. I mean, it was an absolute train wreck. Yeah. It just, it didn't work out. Yeah. And you bought that, he's, and then what happened? You shut it down? Yep, I shut it down. After how many months? Probably 14 or 16 months. 14. Did you go out and look for a new concrete company, or did you just put that vertical integration idea aside? Nope, I just tossed that one to the side. Yeah, the employees said, I'm not going to buy I'm not going to go yep. taste that again. Yeah. That was a... Yeah, yeah, it was a definitely a poop sandwich. Definitely a poop sandwich. <laughs> uh, Do you feel like you lost a lot of money there, or was it uh, just I lost a decent amount? Yeah, but yeah. you know, it, for me, you know, this is. Uh, and if you, I know we've been on phone calls a, a numerous times. I'm sure you've heard me say it. For me, it wasn't. It wasn't a loss. It was a lesson. I learned something by it. I learned what not to do. I learned a few things that maybe I want to do to expand on in the future in different markets. But, you know, it was just, you know, some people pay a hundred grand a year to go to college. I paid, you know, 300 grand in a year to learn. I didn't want to do concrete. You know. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Let me, let me ask you, you and I have talked for a couple of years and we just have a number of different things and partnerships is definitely a hot subject. And how, how do you, and we've both been burned by them, but how do you, you know, 
every time you've been burned, you go, okay, I won't do that again, but something new comes up. Like, how do you find somebody that's good and then, or disqualify the bad that you're able to go, you can't really ask it. Hey, are you going to cheat on me in the future? No. Right. 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 You know, at the end of the day, I think it's all, you know, it's all about, you know, what you feel about the person, you know, as, uh, as you as you eat more poop sandwiches, you you uh you determine that there's more versions of poop than one, right? Yeah, so, there's a lot of different poop sandwiches out there, man. Right, you know, and um, you know, for me, it's just about you know trying to find out the most about the person to start with, and you know, does that always work? No, but for me, I always try to give them give everyone the benefit of the doubt until they show me different. You know, that's, that's come to burnt me, you know, a, a lot of times, Yeah. You know? but yeah. you know, at the end of the day, here's my outtaken opinion on the whole situation. If they're going to be a bad person, I can't make them be a good person. Only person, only person that can make them be a good person is themselves. And if they're going to be a bad person, they're going to, you know, whatever they're going to do, steal or lie or whatever, you know, they're going to get me once. Right. After that, I, I just don't fool with them anymore. So, yeah, it's kind of cavalier. You're dead to me, right? Right. Yep. Yeah. So, better make it good the first time. Is all I know to tell them. Yeah. So yeah. now you have, and we're coming up on an hour. You've got 22 companies under management, and it's throwing off what we're talking yeah, excess of five million in EBITDA type stuff. Yep. Yeah. It's not bad. It's a private company, and like I, I'm trying to figure out what it looks like, and uh, and and then you're only working a couple hours a month on these, well, and and that one. But you know, I I'm just like you, John. I'm working, you know, six, eight, ten hours a day, but I can do it all from my phone now. You know, yeah, because I have good people in place. You know, I've got a quarterback for every business that I have, and you know, I only put top tier talent in those spots. You know, I just, I won't settle for subpar. And when you do that, when you hire the best people and you, you know, you, you take care of them, you treat them right. They treat you right in the long run. So at the yeah. end of the day, you know, I just, you know, I hire fast, but I also fire fast. If you don't fit into, you know, the culture that I've built or you don't have the same, you know, morals and ethics that I do, you're just not going to fit in. It's time for us to, part ways and keep going right you know it's just i don't want i I feel like that i've got a great group of people anybody else that i hire in you know they have to get along with everybody and they have to have the same you know mentality and work ethic that everybody else does because number one i don't want my my people that have been with me long time to you know to get frustrated because somebody else is not pulling their weight or they're not a good person but I also don't want the new person coming there ruining the culture that I've built. You know, like I said, it's, you know, I, I'm not sure. I've got a great culture that I built out and I'm not sure what I would change about it. If, you know, if the opportunity arose. That's lovely. And we're going to end on that. Michael Byers, 22 companies under management. Thank you so much for being on top m entrepreneurs. Thanks, John. I appreciate the opportunity. I hope this video has inspired you. If you need help buying your first million-dollar business, make sure to visit me at dealflowsystem.net. If you like this video, make sure you subscribe down below. 
Comment on it, share it, tell everyone about it. And thanks for watching.